Shots. I'm going to hit record then. It is recording. It's recording. Sibilance. <laughs> Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. A conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling. And I'm Jody Gruen. And we do this for fun. to our listeners this conversation was recorded with our husbands ian and andy often referred to as the twins we debrief on jody's summer family trip to the boundary waters in this episode and we will dissect my family trip in a future episode get ready for that one as always with these conversations we hope they offer insights and perspectives for anyone interested in making a similar trip into the wilderness Uh, We do get into the weeds a little bit on the BWCA. So if you're not familiar and you need some clarification, please send us an email with your questions and we will answer them in a future episode. Thanks for listening. So, okay, team, it is almost the end of summer and we have survived it. Yes, we have. (laughs) Um, I think we should cheers to that. All right. Cheers, cheers, cheers to, to the uh, all surviving summer. Like cheers. As, cheers. As wonderful as it is, it's really exhausting, and I'm exhausted. Um, <clears throat> are you exhausted? Yeah. Is it just me? I'd like some, um, like a schedule again. Mm-hmm. Routine. Routine. That might be nice. I it went really fast, like though. Too. It went really fast. It did. Yeah. And it's going to get cold in like a week. I'm ready for that, actually. It is mm. not going to be. It's going to be 100 degrees the whole winter. <laughs> it's possible. I'm ready for sweater weather. Okay, so okay, I think we should break down. because So the last episode we did as the four of us with the twins was about Boundary Waters and us planning like a theoretical trip into the Boundary Waters, where Ian thought that he was mansplaining to us, which I should say, like, I didn't feel like you were mansplaining, Ian, but... I mean, if you felt like you were mansplaining, then I, I accept your apology. I just listened apology. to it. It sounded like I was telling you how to do a lot of things. Okay. Gatekeeping? <laughs> what did you say? Gatekeeping the boundary waters? Yeah, maybe a little. I felt a little bit like that myself. Well, Andy also had wrong facts. He was like saying a, a lot of facts. things that weren't right. Zups has like, not had a fun run in like decades. Oh, for real? Yeah. I was bummed about that. I'm sorry. That was cool. <laughs> So that was the final episode of season one. So now we are months later. Um, summer has passed. Our Boundary Waters trips have passed. So I think we should just yeah do like a debrief on how it went, the highs, the lows, and everything. And we're not talking about you and I's Boundary Waters trip together. Oh, yes. That yes, did not to happen. To clarify, yes, that yeah. did not happen. Maybe next summer. <laughs> Perhaps. It just goes by too fast. It really does. Not if you put it on your calendar. Mm. There are okay, so there are twelve weeks of summer, at which you're supposed to cram twelve months of fun into twelve weeks, and it's there's just not enough time mm. in Minnesota, at least. I don't know. Maybe if we lived in New Mexico, we could do it all year round. I think the problem is you're 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 focused on summer too much. Because oh, that's the that's the season into the spring and the fall, and you. We're really, talking about Ian here, though. You open up in his zone of, of yeah. yeah. Nobody likes camping. But Tedaguchi was like <laughs> two weeks prior to Memorial, and that was cold. That's like we were true. we were in jackets we were and wool hats in and thirties. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. long underwear. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, 
okay, so you don't have to, you don't have to, but that's the ideal. If I'm going to go on a camping trip in the Boundary Waters with Jody, I want it to be nice weather. I want to be able to sit by a lake with a glass of wine. Swim. Swim, enjoy myself. I don't want to be huddled in a tent with a stove and snow on the ground. True. Boundary Waters, correct. But you could also do New Mexico in the 70s. This is, yeah, that's true. Deep into the season, right? Good point. Good point. Do they have a boundary waters in New Mexico? No. Not a boundary Hot waters. <laughs> yeah. Hot springs. No canoes. <laughs> Maybe one canoe at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Just float it there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So Jody and Andy were the first, first ones in. Okay. So both of our families did a boundary waters trip. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys went first and Ian and I, we, you guys went in July, right? We went, yeah. Middle of July, right after the fourth and yes. then we came out on the 15th we were out we were on water for seven days wow okay yeah. and that's what we did we did seven days in august so and this you is... both you did two canoes for the first we time we two did canoes. two yeah. canoes and we did two canoes for the first time wow so there's we got a lot so of notes much <laughs> yeah there's so much to and cover. we haven't talked about this nope. no we yeah and so we purposely dear, didn't dear listeners we have not discussed this either Jody and I have not discussed this together alone or as with our husbands like as a group so um there might be some raised voices and um tense moments <laughs> on your trip definitely yeah. not mine um, no there yeah there was one moment yeah yeah we there sure. were a lot of moments but so okay so who sh- okay I since you guys went first we're so just debrief like where you went what lakes so we put in on Moose, which um, is east of Ely, just a, a little bit um, on 169. And for Moose, we worked our way uh, up to Basswood. I mean, Basswood Lake is huge. It's massive. We did a couple portages, two portages a day for two or three days to get up to more or less Basswood Falls, upper Basswood Falls. And then we, we laid over uh, Upper Basswood Falls, and then we just had a really delightful um, big lake extravaganza as we worked our way down Basswood and kind of the border chain back to, um, ultimately back to Moose Lake. I'm mm-hmm. trying to remember the one portage that we did, and it's facing me right now. But The Canadian? Um, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Where we got to cross in the Canadian side. Mm-hmm. There was a... Yeah. Oh, um, driving portage on the American side and the, the, the American ranger was like, yeah, you guys are portagers. You can cross on the Canadian side. Nice. So it was fun. It was That's fun. awesome. Yeah. An international <laughs> yeah. trip. We, yeah. It was international. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, huh. That's not the one I was thinking of. Not the prairie portage, not the field. That's, I don't know. I was thinking was, the prairie portage because that's the one that's, they have the treaty there. Yeah. Don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So there was also a waterfall there. If that's little tiny one. Yes. It was pretty. Hmm. Yep. Coming off of Basswood Falls along the border chain. Nice. So was it busy? Did you see a lot of people? Did you have to fight for camp spots? The the pro and the con of it is because Basswood is so large, they allow on certain parts of it um, motorboats up to 25 horse Mm -hmm. motors. Oh, okay. So we didn't see that many people, but every so often you'd hear like the whir of a motorboat going mm-hmm. across the lake. And, you know, we did maybe a third of the trip was outside of motorboat territory. Okay. But maybe only a third was outside of motorboat territory. Mm-hmm. So there were definitely weekend warrior fishermen out there, like gunning for it, trying to catch 
And that was surprising to me. I didn't think that there were motorboats in that area. I didn't, I didn't realize that that was, that there was like sort of that fishing component. I thought everyone was just in canoes camping and being simple like us. <laughs> that's what one does in the Boundary Waters, Yeah, that's right? what I thought it was about, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah. And we, this, oh, and this was your only, Jody's only second time yes, in the Boundary Waters. Yes. Okay, that's burying yep. the lead. So this yep. was your second time ever in your life. In the boundary waters. In the boundary waters and my first time like ever doing like a real portage. So, which I think we talked about in the last one of, you know, what that might be like. And I definitely learned what it would be like because it was hard, really hard. And I consider myself to be like a pretty like fit and like hulkish person, like in like I'm not going to not do something. Um, But it was not easy. And so so for people who don't know what a portage is, a portage is the distance that you have to hike with all the crap on your back from one lake to another. So like you paddle, 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 you get to the end of a lake and then you have to get out, get all your crap out of your canoe, carry it all. And your canoe. And your canoe. Get your canoe out of the water. And then hike it down a trail and then to the next lake. So that's what portaging is. And some portages are really flat and they're really wide and it's like a big dirt road and it's really easy. And some portages are a little more extreme and, you know, a little more difficult with um, maybe like super sharp rocks or... Let um, me say the word because the word that I learned on the trip was muskag, which I didn't know that what that was. (laughs) It's it's like methane smelling and it's like the earth is enveloping you and trying to eat you basically. Like on the side. It's the opposite of a marsh. Yeah. So you have a marsh has water with vegetation underneath and it's very shallow water, but a muskeg is actually the vegetation and the moss and everything on top with water underneath. So it's like a big waterbed that you're trying to walk across. It basically just tries to suck you in. Yeah. Yeah. And you portaged on that? Like with a pack on your back? Well, we had to get kind of get through it. We didn't have like a full like acre or anything like that, but there was a shoreline full of it that we had to get through in order to get onto land. And I would imagine that was because of beavers? Yeah, with the drought drought and the beavers on top of each other, there were a couple portages. And and this was unfortunate because it was like a 180-rod portage as it was. But because of the drought and the beavers, the portage started like another 100 and so rods further away. So it was like this 100 rods of like muskeg and grass to get to... uh, this is where the portage starts. <laughs> yeah. And then it's 180 from there, which yeah. I mean, it was fine. And Jody did great. Jody was carrying canoes. Well, and carry the canoe. I did carry the canoe <gasps> on that one. too. Wow. Good for um, you. And I would say yeah, I didn't. Okay. Ian's looking oh. at me just for the record, everyone just to <laughs> let's get this out of the way. I did not carry a canoe in the boundary waters. Refuses. Jody high five up top. It was hard though. I mean, you feel like it's suffocating you. Yes. You know, I mean, it's, it's it and it hurts. I mean, uh-huh. I felt like my shoulders were bruised. And did you do every single like portage? You just threw the canoe on your shoulders. At one I didn't. Andy and Andy did both canoes that one, and then I was just like, "Screw this! I'm just going to do it." Wow, so, that is incredible. Yeah. Well, Jody figured out that the canoe was also a lot lighter than the packs, so the food packs were very heavy. In so you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. boys carried those. No, I carried. Well, Jody and I would split food packs. We'd each take a canoe across and then we'd split food packs yeah i mean i would love to hear your experience though too i mean i think the kids thing is probably like a whole other like Ugh. topic part of this conversation <laughs> because oh, yes like yeah i mean transporting items from one place to another in a canoe or outside a canoe or whatever but like 
just sort of, I think we all have, you know, and um, I guess what I'm trying to say is we all can act like children sometimes. Oh, and no. I definitely yes. had some moments in that muskag that was like my <laughs> moment of complete and utter breakdown, including our kids breakdown. And Andy had to kind of just like keep it together for everybody. Um, but I think I had mentioned this too, is that I, with it being only my second Boundary Waters trip, I couldn't be like a mom to my own kids in some of those moments because I was going through my own internal crisis and <laughs> just physical, like yes. feeling so demoralized and demolished by an experience, like a physical experience. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing that I would definitely recommend is people think about that before they go, if they haven't done something like this before. Yeah. Um, maybe before you go with your kids, you go with friends or with people who are like, know how to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's really, it's, it's harder than you'd think. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think I would, I, and that's why I like that we're having this conversation because I think when we talk about the boundary waters, everybody has this scene in their head of this beautiful vista and it's this calm water and it's this peaceful place where everybody's, you know, zenning out when in reality it sucks a lot of the yeah. time and it's really hard and it's really emotionally exhausting. So I don't think we, people talk about that a whole lot. It's like, you know, well, we see photos on Instagram now. I mean, I don't think, and maybe there were storybooks before and there were maybe some interesting stories about things that have gone awry in the boundary waters or whatever. But now all we see are beautiful photos, mm -hmm. you know, of, you know, families that are so happy, fisher people, you know, women doing this amazing thing with their girlfriends. Uh -huh. um, Meanwhile, in reality, everybody is screaming at each other and crying <laughs> And throwing that's, up. That's not necessarily true. That yeah. happened for us it this year. It happened for us, but not everybody. <laughs> I was in my happy place. Yeah. I was oh, just like Andy whistling, was whistling and like the whole time. Having a great time. He didn't, yeah, he was unfazed. <laughs> yep, this was great. Yeah. I mean, it was still hard. Like the hard parts were still hard, but it was like fun hard. So Fun hard. Yeah. And I think too, like after it's the like first couple day. days, you <laughs> sort of find your way. I mean, and that's what my experience was, is we found our way. So you wrote a blog, though, when you got back that is going to be on our website called What I Did Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you do wrong? I just, I mean, really, I, I think it starts with I didn't quite understand. Well, I, I feel like when we had the conversation with the twins in Goose or Tedaguch, um, I really felt like you and I could just like go out and do it. Like I was like, what? We can just go. And after the, the experience, I recognized like, I could never, I mean, I could have gone out and done this, but I would have failed or I wouldn't have had the right equipment or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there was, there's that, um, there's the whole, like, I didn't understand how physically challenging it would be. Um, I didn't understand what it's like to parent in those moments that you're having your, you know, like a, a crisis yourself. Um, and then Two, I think being able to celebrate your win, um, I think is different when you're parenting also. Yeah. So I don't know. Th those are a couple, couple takeaways. I love that though. Did you celebrate at all? Like, I well, mean, we brought booze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Emily Vikra from Vikra Distillery Ooh, did yeah. a, um, Shout out. a yeah. really great book of camping cocktails. And she shows you how to mix them for a single cocktail or for a five ounce eight ounce flask, whatever it is, or for a 32 ounce Nalgene. Mm -hmm. So nice. Um, yeah. So we were mixing, I meant to do her recipe for a Boulevardier, 
but we used rye instead, so it was an old pal. <laughs> and we did an old pal, and then we did these um, camping old fashions with maple syrup that nice. were fantastic as well. So That sounds amazing. Yeah, so we had Nalgene's of those, so we'd like hustle all day, <laughs> and you'd get into your campsite, and you'd just be like, over it. Um, but then out comes an algae and here's like a <laughs> nice little cocktail and all of a sudden like, yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so how about you guys? Why don't you tell, tell us a little bit about, um, well, well, well first well, though, we need to, so two kids, two canoes, two kids, yeah. two canoes. Yeah. How was it? It was good. Um, I was worried about the wind because mm-hmm. if it had been at all windy or like terrible rainy weather, like we would have failed mm-hmm. instant, almost instantly failed. Um, but you had good weather. Mm-hmm. The weather was like, because of the drought, uh, there were almost no mosquitoes and there was warm, mellow winds and we didn't even need to pull out our raincoats at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole time we were there, it didn't drizzle even once. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had, so we had two canoes. We had one that was a Minnesota two, which just flew effortlessly mm-hmm. across the water. And then we had like an older Winona Royal X, you oh. know, ABS Royal X canoe. And so two people in the Royal X canoe yeah. could be maintained by only one person sterning in the Minnesota two. The Minnesota two is that efficient and just that sleek in the water. So, um, we'd put Elliot in the front of the Minnesota two and he's our youngest. He's nine. And, uh, you know, he would paddle some and he'd kind of stare some and he'd look out into the wilderness some and just kind of just enjoying and soaking it all in but not always paddling but it was okay because charlie was paddling and whoever was in the minnesota too could usually i mean even just jody really her legit first time sterning could still more or less keep up in the stern of the minnesota too with me and char and the royal x so I would say, though, I had to literally learn how to paddle. Like, I, I think I mentioned, I've you... only, I mean, I've canoed on Medicine Lake, which is just <laughs> down the way, and for a summer school class. Like, that's when I learned to paddle, and I've not, because I've only paddled with him, mm-hmm, I've mm-hmm. always been in the front of the boat, so I just paddle, you know, like. I sort of do what what he says I should do, but yeah. I mean, and it, it's it's just like I haven't needed to know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So this was a great experience for me to actually have to learn how to do it. And sometimes I recognize that in myself as I have to be forced in a situation to even learn because mm-hmm. it's so easy to fall back on people who know exactly what they're doing and to just say like, oh well, he'll do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I do. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but you we'll, have we'll a paddle. Get, we'll, we'll, I still we'll get that. to that. We'll get to that part. Yeah. Oh, we're, not, we're not done with this. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about yeah. my so, shortcomings. But the paddling, though, I should say, though, is I thought I was doing um, the right type of stroke. And then Andy was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing, what was it? The C stroke? The C stroke. stroke. But I was doing the C stroke literally like a C, <laughs> like not like a. Like a J. Yeah. She was doing yeah. a C stroke like a J. Yeah. So it just, I don't know. So it took a day and then I finally was like, all right. And then by the end of it, I was like, all right, I legitimately can do this. That's awesome. You know, so. Way to go. Yeah. So I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of the experience. I'm proud of my husband's patience for me, my children, our inability to sometimes get along, the kids and I, um, but ultimately it all worked out. That's what families are for, though, right? I mean, that's yeah. kind of, and that's kind of the point is like existing together in this 
it's a beautiful place, but it's full of challenges that you have to overcome together as a unit. And I don't know, I just find that, yeah, that's like where the bonding happens and where you like learn about other, you know, you're with these people every day, all day, all year, but it's not until you get out into those situations where you really learn, you know, more about them as human beings, so. Yeah, and the downtime is fantastic. Mm. I mean, like you're in a canoe and you're canoeing, but you're still just, it's all downtime. I mean, you're, you're physically moving, but you're not moving, moving and just having to talk and sitting there and thinking and then being at the campsite and being in your own head and just kind of being with people, I think is like the downtime is the best part. Mm. Well, you love it because you'll just start singing all these old camp songs and yeah. the kids and I are like, oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> nobody was singing along with you. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, one thing I want to go back to when you were carrying the canoe, were you... you was she carrying the Minnesota too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, not that yeah, okay. giant. I, just want, I want to see yeah. how badass you were. Oh, being. No, I didn't <laughs> even badass. try it. I didn't She's even try badass, it. She's very badass. But the the Royal X, if for any listeners, that's would that be about sixty pounds? 65? Yeah. Yeah, in there, maybe a little and more. Then the Minnesota two is pushing about forty one, right? Yes, right. maybe. Mm. Wet. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's still it's still heavy. Were you wearing a pack too, or just just good? Would you guys double portage? Yeah, we had yeah, double we portage everything yeah. with the kids. Double yeah. portaging, dear listeners, is when you have to do it, like, go there Twice. and back and there, there and back. back. Yeah. It's not just, like, one trip and then you're done. Mm. You have to go back to the scene of the crime, get the rest of your crap. Yep. Yeah. And then continue, yes. That's awesome. And a lot of times your kids don't come with you and yep. you're like, oh my gosh, if I just had them here, yeah. like, I wouldn't have to maybe do a triple yeah. or be, tri- like, trampling all over all this stuff. Yep. Very cool. That's a big deal, Jenny. Yes. You need to be super proud of yourself. All right. Okay. Portaged and stern paddle. That's yeah. Yeah. For your second time out. That's yeah. amazing. All yeah. right. All right. I'll take it. <laughs> Thanks. You would have survived. Thanks. You would have done just fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it is it is important to note in my opinion though, how you, you pointed out that you feel like you couldn't have done it this summer because you would have failed. Yes. And I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Oh. Because I think again, back to our conversation in Tedaguch, there's a difference between failing and dying hmm. you okay. wouldn't have died because you both are very logical people and logic has a very big part to play in the boundary waters and you would have made it let's say 100 yards on your first lake and you've been like you know what screw this we're going to that campsite we're going to base camp for five nights and then we're going to struggle our way back to the car you would have done fine you just that's true it just wouldn't be this trip it would not be this trip right right but you can't compare the two right right like two right. vastly different trips right so next summer do it. Look at this positive psychology you're spinning <laughs> on me. <laughs> well, I, just, I think it's bad to say like you would have failed the boundary waters. There is no yeah, fail in I the guess. boundary waters. Yes. There's always a solution. Yeah. Whether and we'll get to this part about it, but I mean, this summer I, on the boundary waters forums, the bwca.com, there are so many people talking about how they had to camp on a portage because they couldn't mm-hmm. find campsites, and that is a version of failing but it's also a version of succeeding because you couldn't find a campsite. You did what you could and you moved on. Mm. Right. Um, so there's just, there's no fail out there. We At almost least. had that too. We, we did a, we were going to extend and do, cause it was just funny. There was uh, two lakes in a row. Uh, one was parent Lake mm. and one was disappointment. Lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we were threatening the kids like, Hey, we could, we could extend like a little bit and go hit parent and disappointment. <laughs> and those two were in like, totally like lockdown. There's major fires yeah. here, like totally shuttered lakes. So as we were sitting there, like throwing that up, um, uh, yeah, listeners, there was a whole bunch of, and th- th- there's been gnarly fires up in the boundary waters all year. 
the whole Boundary Waters, the entirety of the Boundary Waters is closed as we record this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for the first time, like in yep. forty five years. Or yeah, something. Second, second time, and it's in, in its in its history. But, yeah. Right. So Ugh. so we were this close to doing Parent and Disappointment because why wouldn't you? That yeah, sounds fantastic. It's right there. Yeah. But. Stay tuned for more from the twins on future episodes. We Do This For Fun is supported by 515 Productions, a high-end video production business based in Minneapolis. The website is 515productions.com. And did you know that Jody is also a health and wellness coach? Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. Learn more about us at wedothisforfun.com. As always, we welcome your questions and feedback. Email us at wedothisforfun at gmail.com. We'll be dedicating future episodes to answering your questions. So let her rip, whether it's about gear purchases or tampons and IBS in the wilderness. We do not judge. We promise. We've been there, done that. Nothing is off the table. And thanks for listening. 